Welcome to Becoming a Sleep Consultant. I'm your host, Jane Havens, a certified sleep consultant and founder of both Snooze Fest by Jane Havens and Center for Pediatric Sleep Management. On this podcast, I'll be discussing the business side of sleep consulting. You'll have an insider's view on launching, growing, and even scaling a sleep consulting business. This is not a podcast about sleep training. This is a podcast about business building and entrepreneurship. Jenny is a doula turned bookkeeper after the birth of her own babies. As a certified bookkeeper and QuickBooks Pro advisor, she has combined two of her passions by specializing in working with birth and postpartum professionals. Jenny, I'm so excited to have you here today. Welcome to the Becoming a Sleep Consultant podcast. Thank you so much for having me, Jane. I'm happy to be here with you. Before we get started, tell us a bit about you. I know that you're a doula turned bookkeeper. How did that transition come about? Yeah, so um, going way back to high school, I first fell in love with bookkeeping then, and I thought I was going to be an accountant, and then I realized I was not going to be stuck behind a desk working for somebody else eight hours a day, staring at a computer screen, and my other love was babies and moms and helping them during that time, so it just kind of made sense to roll right into becoming a doula. Um, So I did that for a while. And then when I had my own kids, I wanted to be home with them instead of being on call. And that's when I went back to bookkeeping, um, started my business and have been really loving the fact that I've gotten to, you know, put both of those passions together by uh, working, you know, doing the bookkeeping for other doulas and birth and postpartum professionals. It's been really cool. I love that. I think we've been working together since the beginning of this calendar year, if I remember correctly. I right. I wanted to keep my book simple and transition to support with bookkeeping in January so that everything could be organized for the new year. And I have to be say that I have to say that it's been pretty life changing to work with you. Uh, For those listening, can you walk us through what it looks like to have a bookkeeper help you? Like, what does a bookkeeper do? And maybe explain how this differs from hiring an accountant. Sure. So um, sometimes there is overlap because you have bookkeepers who do tax prep, you have accountants who do bookkeeping. But generally speaking, if you kind of separate them, bookkeeping is all about tracking the income and revenue in your business in a way that um, follows, you know, guidelines. Um and making sure that things are accounted for precisely. So in bookkeeping, it's all about balance and accuracy. So, you know, we want to know where every single penny is, um, which I know is a little more detailed than a lot of people like to go, but <laughs> that's, that's why there are certain people whose brains are wired that way. Um, but yeah, so in bookkeeping, we generally are tracking, you know, every single transaction that goes through your business and making sure that we're categorizing things properly so that you actually know what's happening in your business. Um, And we're reconciling accounts, which again is accounting for that accuracy and making sure we know where everything is so that we're not missing transactions here and there. Um, And then it's very easily passed off to an accountant or a tax preparer when tax season rolls along so that you have your records all in order and they just get to kind of take over prepare your taxes and hand it back to you, so to speak. Yeah. And, and that has been so life-changing for me because, um, 
I don't know, my eyes were like allergic to my books. Like I just couldn't, <laughs> I couldn't look at it. It was so overwhelming. And I think, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, when we got started together, my stuff was fairly organized, right? Like I it's have all of my, I have all of my expenses on one credit card. So yep. everything that I spend money on in my business is use, I use the same credit card for that. And then all the money that comes into my business pretty much all comes in via credit card payments, which go to right. my like checking or savings account. I have some money that comes in by PayPal, which is annoying and frustrating for both of us. But like, <laughs> it's it's mostly coming in by credit card payments, or even like bank transfers that all go to the same bank account. So yeah. I, am I correct that like when, when money coming in and money going out is all in like the same place, that's pretty, that's the easiest way to do it, right? Yes, 100%. You want to have your business completely separated from your personal. So when it's separated and it's just in those, you know, business checking and um, credit card accounts, it's so much easier to keep track of both for you and for a bookkeeper coming in. Um, and one of the things for you that we switched over once I started taking over your bookkeeping, we split out your revenue between your different revenue streams. So now you can see, you know, what you're making from your course versus your, you know, consulting work. Yeah, yeah, which was actually really interesting because people would ask me all the time, like, you know, what percentage of your income comes from consulting and what percentage of your income comes from online course sales? And I would literally say, like, I don't know. Like, you <laughs> know, <laughs> it just sort of like never really mattered to me. And it still yeah. doesn't really matter so much. But I do enjoy looking at that monthly report that you share with me every single month. One thing that I noticed in our last meeting, which I'll share with everybody listening is that one thing I've noticed recently is that my uh, consulting income sort of like dips every other month. So I'll have a big month financially for consulting, and then the next month is lower, and then the next month is higher, and the next month is lower. And I think that that makes sense, right? Because when I'm busy working with clients, I have less time to market my business. So then mm -hmm. the following month becomes slower. And then when it's slower in my consulting business, then I have time to market. And then the next month is higher. So it really makes right. perfect sense. And um, I never really would have been able to see that if we hadn't started working together and I wasn't being presented with this document. I don't even remember what it is. What is that document that you share with me? Loss report. And I show you uh, the report that breaks it all down by month. Okay. So that was actually going to be my next question up. is like, what are the essential documents that small businesses should main should maintain? And, and how do you recommend that somebody who sort of isn't a bookkeeper would maintain these documents? Yeah. So do you mean documents as in like, like the profit and loss statement? statement? Like oh, how does okay. somebody generate that? If, if they're not working with you, like, how do you find that in your own business? Sure. So if you're using a bookkeeping software, there should be somewhere where you can generate that. So if you have QuickBooks online, you can go to the report center and they have a whole list of reports and you can choose the ones that you want to see. Wave, I assume is similar. I know they can do the profit and loss and the balance sheet. They don't have as many reports. It's not as powerful of the software. Um, but yeah, you want to generally be looking at the balance sheet, which is going to show you, well, the balance sheet is basically an equation. It's assets equals liabilities plus equity. So you get to see your assets, which is what you own. 
your liabilities, which is what you owe. And then your equity is kind of what's left over in the business. Um, so so want- let's break that down. Hold on. Yeah. Let's slow down for a second. Yeah. So the assets would be like money in the bank, right? Like- bank accounts. Um, if you happen to have, for most of your people, they're probably not going to have a lot of as- other assets. Sometimes people will have like a vehicle or, you know, um, okay. an office space or not an office space, but a building, something that you own. That's okay. an asset. But, large- but in our case, for a service-based business, our assets are, is like the, the money accounts. in the bank, right? And then our liability is like whatever we owe on our credit card, right? Credit card. Mm-hmm. And then what was the third thing that you say, said? Equity. So okay. equity is going to be any owner's in investments, which is what you've put in money you've personally put into your business. Any like startup owner- capital. Like, you know, when I yeah. first started my business, I think I put $5,000 into a business checking or savings account. And that was my like. startup capital. And I used that money to fund initial expenses to get up and running, whether it was um, having a website built or whatever, you know, buying some stationery, like the things that you yep. need to buy when you're starting a business. So that would be your equity. Yep. So that's your owner's investment. That's what you've put into okay. the business. And then owner's distribution is what you pay yourself. Ideally, you're paying yourself regularly. So that number should grow throughout the year. Um, and then the other things under equity are going to be Retained earnings, which you don't need to know a lot about. But then the other important one is that's where your net income shows up for the year. So that's kind of all under your equity on the balance sheet. Okay. And net income is your revenue minus expenses, right? So like what you're actually able to keep after, you know, you bring money in and then you spend some money to keep it going and and then you have your net income. Right. Yeah. So that's kind of the balance sheet in a nutshell. (laughs) Okay. And so it's interesting, before I started working with you, I would generate one of these uh, documents for my accountant at the end of the year to show them, you know, my profits and losses, but I wasn't doing this monthly. I was just doing it at the end of the year. So it's actually really nice to see month over month, you know, that my income, my revenue is relatively stable, you know, fluctuates a little bit, but it's relatively stable. And then my expenses are also relatively stable. Uh So I can see, you know, at the the end of each month that like I'm earning a certain amount and I'm spending a certain amount and where are my highest expenses? Could any of them be reduced? Uh, You really get a good picture of what's actually going on in your business when I never really was looking at that before the beginning of this year. So it's been pretty eye-opening. And that report would be the profit and loss or otherwise known as the income statement. And like you said, it just lists out your revenue, subtracts out all of your expenses and gives you your net profit at the end. So that one is definitely the one that most clients enjoy looking at the most because it gets right down to what's happening in your business every month. Let's talk about Wave versus QuickBooks. And I'm sure there are other options on the market. Mm -hmm. When I first launched my business, I used Wave, which is a free platform that is, I guess, similar to QuickBooks, but perhaps not quite as robust. Um, It was working for me. I used it for several years and I only switched over to QuickBooks because you basically made me. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Do you know what the advantages are? Um, Yeah, Wave is great when you're starting out. You don't have a 
you know, a lot of money to throw at software subscriptions and such. Um, and when there's not a lot going on in your business, Wave is great. If you're keeping your own books, go for it. Um, it's not, like I said, it's free. So it's not going to give you the same substance, if you will, as something that you're paying for on a regular basis. So it's just not as robust. You can't pull up the same reports. You can't specialize things and customize in the same way. Um, so it is a little bit more limited. But again, if you're a really small business and you're keeping your own bucks, that's totally fine to use Wave. Um, but then moving on, if you expect your business to grow or to become more complicated, you are going to need something that is more, you know, able to handle a lot more and give you more information. Um, I personally use QuickBooks Online for all of my clients in my business, and it just kind of streamlines things for me and my brain. <laughs> but that doesn't mean Wave is a bad thing. Yeah. Um, it's just not how I personally do it at this point. Yeah, absolutely. Can you speak to how accurate bookkeeping will help you with tax preparation and compliance come tax season? Yeah. So obviously having your books kept accurately is going to make sure that um, you've accounted for all of your revenue coming in. You've accounted for all of your expenses. There's not money missing, um, but also a good bookkeeper or when you're doing it yourself, you want to keep things categorized as precisely as possible so that when you hand it off to your tax preparer, they know exactly what those expenses are and you know what that type of revenue is. So then they can get you the best deductions and um, all for you know what you have going on in your business. The more precise and organized you are, the better they'll be able to do their job and the more money they'll be able to save you. Yeah, makes sense. Yeah. I would imagine that you are most often hired by those who already have established businesses. Um, I'm wondering what sorts of mistakes you see when you take over and clean up a new client's books. Sure. So there are a couple things. Um, sometimes I get multiple six-figure businesses who have never done any bookkeeping. Like they're totally you know, going off of their bank balance. <clears throat> so that does exist. And you can sort of run a successful business, but you don't really know what's going on when you go that um, come from that. So um, that is that is one thing you you need a bookkeeping software. You need something to keep your track of your business, even when you're doing it yourself. Um, then the next big mistake I'd say is people who have a software but either don't know how to use it or don't keep up on it. So it's way behind, th things are a mess, and then a bookkeeper comes in and has to sort through it all. And that's going to cost you a lot of money. It's gonna take a lot of time. Um, but those are those are the biggest things, either not having a software at all, not keeping any records, <laughs> or not knowing how to do it, or just not putting the time in. Yeah, for me, I was not putting the time in to keep my books up to date. So I was doing a good job of like all of my money spent was on the same credit card. All of my money coming in was going into the same bank account. So all the transactions were there and it was all linked to my wave account. So all of the transactions were inside of my software, but I was never logging into the software to tag each expense. You know, like if I spent money on office supplies or if I spent money on, continuing education or maybe a virtual assistant. I wasn't tagging those expenses for months or even like almost a year at a time. Yeah. 
And then it would come time for tax season and I didn't properly keep good books. So I just, then I would spend hours trying to backtrack and remember what all of those yeah. charges were. And, and it was miserable. I hated it. And really that's the main reason that I hired you. It was sort of like an accountability <laughs> thing. Like I knew I was capable of doing it on my own, but it was just sort of my least favorite activity. And, you know, without fail every single month, Jenny emails me, it's time to upload your credit <laughs> card statements and it's time to upload your bank statements. And, and then together she's able to categorize some of them without me at this point, because she sees the same uh, charges from the same vendors come monthly, or she just knows what my business looks like. So she doesn't have to ask me, you know, what's this, what's that? She knows most of them, but then, you know, every, every month there's a few charges that she doesn't know what they are. And because it's only been 30 days, usually my brain still remembers what they are, as opposed to if I waited, if I waited eight months, like I did last year, then it's like really hard to figure out what is that random charge? I have no idea what that is. So I think a big piece of it, at least for me, is just sort of keeping me on track with, with what I needed to do to be organized come year end. You know, for me, that's, that's what it was. Um, And then just based on this morning, I asked in the CPSM Facebook group for students and grads, I let everybody know I'm going to be interviewing my bookkeeper, like, you know, what questions should I ask? And somebody asked, like, what are some of the least obvious business expenses that we might be forgetting to track? Well, when I hear that question, I'm thinking, well, you shouldn't be forgetting to track them because they should just be on your business credit card. Right. So like, you know, if you're the type of business person who's just at Target buying packing tape for your, you know, I send out a thank you gift for my clients at the end of working together. And if I'm buying more packing tape to pack up these packages, if I'm just throwing that in with all of my other expenses at Target on my personal credit card, then I'm not tracking it. But if I remember to like do two separate transactions and run all of my office supplies on my business credit card, then we're not really having to remember to go back and look at receipts and all of this crazy stuff. I don't even get started with that. Yeah. Um, Excuse me. Just to answer that question a little bit more, some of the things that people tend to think about like, oh, what else should we be tracking are going to be like office, home office deductions and things like that which are not going to be on your books. It's not going to be part of your bookkeeping, but you track it and hand it off to your tax preparer and they'll take care of you know that deduction on your taxes. So that's yeah. one thing a lot of people don't realize it doesn't actually go on your books, but that's right. just a little side note. <laughs> um, when do you think is the right time to hire a bookkeeper? Do you think that um, monthly or annual revenue should be at a certain point? Or do you think this really varies from person to person or small business to small business? It can definitely vary, um, like you said, by person to person, business to business. But I would say generally, if you're making 8K a month consistently, then you should definitely hire a bookkeeper. Um, before that, possibly. But you know, at that point, you're making enough money that you have enough going on. You probably don't have the time to invest to do it well you should probably pass it off to somebody else who yeah. knows exactly what they're doing and can do it better than you just because that's their specialty versus your specialty. <laughs> yeah, I definitely waited way too long. I held out for a really, really long time and it just got really, really overwhelming. I don't want to say messy because 
at least I had the systems in place to keep it organized. I was using Wave, so it was tracking, but it got really, really hard. You know, when your income is at a certain point and you're, you know, generating a certain amount of revenue and then also spending a certain amount of money every month on random stuff for your business, it's very difficult right. to go back and backtrack all of that accounting if, yeah, if you're not doing it regularly. The motivation to keep up with it on a monthly basis and you're waiting so long, it becomes very overwhelming. <laughs> That's what was happening for me. Yeah. So for those who are not yet in the place to hire a bookkeeper, what advice can you share so that they can be independent with keeping track of their business finances? Yeah. So if you're just starting out in business, you're not really making a consistent revenue yet, then you know, starting out with a spreadsheet or wave or something like that is fine. Just have records somewhere. Um, make sure that you are tracking so that by the time you get to tax season, you have something to hand off to your tax preparer and you know that everything's accounted for. Um, once you get to that point where you are making consistent revenue, but you're still not able to spend, you know, a few hundred dollars a month on a bookkeeper, then you want to make sure that you have a software in place and you know how to use it and you're keeping up on it. So if you're doing all of those things, you're going to be okay until your business is at the point where you can hand it off. Yeah. And so I know that you support family, not families, you support business owners, one-to-one mm -hmm. -one doing bookkeeping like you do for me, but you also offer an online course to teach people how to do their own bookkeeping. Is that right? Will you yeah. share a little bit about that, what that looks like? Yeah, so that is kind of for those people in between, like I said, where your business is established and um, you have, you know, stuff going on all the time. You're making money or you have expenses, but you don't really want to spend on a bookkeeper yet. So I created a course to walk you through setting up QuickBooks online for your business and then exactly how to customize it to your business and use it on a regular basis, how to categorize your transactions, how to reconcile your bank accounts how to review the um, reports, like the balance sheet and the profit and loss report, like we talked about. Um, I walk you through all of that in this course so that you have the information and the knowledge you need to keep your books properly until it gets to the point where, you know, you don't have the time and you have the money to hire it out. <laughs> but at that point, if you've kept up with it, you know, you're just passing it off to a bookkeeper instead of them having to come in and start from scratch or, you know, clean up a big mess. Um, if you know what you're doing, it just sets you up for success in kind of every way. Perfect. I will make sure that we leave in the show notes, the link to your course. Um, are there other places where like, can, are you on social media? I know that you're on Facebook. I'm but on do you Facebook. have an Instagram? I, I do not really have Instagram. I'm on there, but I haven't done anything yet. So that's one of my goals is to actually get active on Instagram. <laughs> okay, down the road. I actually down haven't been on. I, I actually today, September 22nd, which is when we're recording this, but it'll be released, you know, in a week or so from now. Today is my one year anniversary off Instagram, oh, which wow. I'm super excited about. Um, <laughs> yeah, haven't posted to my Instagram grid in an entire year. And oh, I post to stories every now and then, but it's usually just like pictures of my kids when we're on vacation, yeah. nothing really work related. And it feels really good. So I, awesome. I ask you this question and it's like, I'm not really on Instagram either. So uh, no pressure to be on there. Right. I just want to make sure that our listeners can find somewhere to connect with you. What would be the best way for them to connect with you if they want to explore working with you one-on-one -on -one or, or enrolling in your course? 
Yes. So you can uh, find me on Facebook and connect with me there for either of those options or on my website. So again, you can connect either one, the courses there, as well as, um, you know, a, a connect place to send me an email and, you know, get us. Okay. Perfect. I will leave it all in the show notes. Make sure that everybody has uh, access to you and can reach out to you. And thank you so much for educating our community today, our listeners. And uh, thank you again for everything that you've done for me and my business. I am beyond grateful. You're welcome. It's always a pleasure working with you, Jane. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Becoming a Sleep Consultant podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, it would mean so much to me if you would rate, review, and subscribe. When you rate, review, and subscribe, this helps the podcast reach a greater audience. I am so grateful for your support. If you would like to learn more about how you can become a certified sleep consultant, head over to my Facebook group, Becoming a Sleep Consultant, or to my website, thecpsm.com. Thanks so much, and I hope you will tune in for the next episode. Thank you.